Hey everyone, welcome to InFlight. I'm your host, Sol. Hey, I'm Norm XP. How you guys doing today? Welcome to episode 16 of InFlight. Uh, we were very excited to see that last episode did really well. Thank you guys so much for that. It really means a lot to us, and it was quite the shock to wake up after posting it at around midnight my time and then see about I don't know, almost 200 listens um, on SoundCloud and then another 100 on YouTube. That was very crazy to me. So thank you guys so much for the support. Uh, Norm, how are you doing today? Uh, I'm doing good. I'm extremely busy, believe it or not, with all this <clears throat> crazy world stuff going around. But yeah, uh, X-Plane has been keeping me busy, believe it or not. Um, streaming is keeping me busy. I'm good. And also to touch back on the podcast, I mean... Thank you guys for just listening. I realize that now it's become a habit for you guys to expect a threshold podcast to come out and we're all too happy to give it to you guys. So thanks a lot for the support, man. Appreciate that. Yeah, it's it's very humbling to us, um, especially since the podcast has gone through so many waves, uh, if I guess you could say, starting off with me and then completely reformatting everything and then being off for a while and to see you guys still listening and still wanting to listen really means a lot. So uh, thank you so much. Um, as for myself, uh, it's been a little bit more uh, calm here because in New York, as a lot of you may know, uh, we are in the epicenter of the whole crisis. So it's a little bit more serious here. But things are starting to calm down and people are starting to become a little bit more normal here about the whole thing. So I think it's, uh, I think I'm okay to start going outside and not have people do some um, dangerous things uh, for, for lack of a better word, um, which is very nice. I'd probably be going on a run soon because the weather has just been gorgeous here. We've had a, we had a few storms and then after that. Jeez, how is it running in an empty New York city, man? It's not too bad. I mean, I'm out of practice because I haven't run in about a month because that's when it was really bad. And when people in my neighborhood, at least, were still kind of getting used to the whole social distancing thing. So they either weren't doing it or they really weren't taking it seriously. And um, while it's okay if some people don't take it seriously, some like, I think it happened. Um, what, what convinced me to stop is that I was running every single day um, because at the time I thought that I would still be returning uh, to school and I could claim my um, track record, which I really wanted <laughs> to do this year, but I not anymore. Um, so I was running every day, but what made me stop was um, there like three days in a row. I just had people deliberately going really close to me and I was like, that's, yeah, that's, that's it for it. me. <laughs> I'm done. Stay away. Yeah. But it's, it's getting better. And the nicer weather definitely helps it all. Um, and I'm sure uh, you eagle-eyed viewers and listeners uh, will know that um, the media section has been hard at work lately, working on a lot of new videos and um, projects for you guys. And that has been a lot of fun. It has been taking up my time. And I'm finding myself getting closer to the th my threshold colleagues, which is rather nice. Um, but... You know, that's that's our normal real lives. Um, there's been a, quite a bit that's been happening in the sim community since we last were able to um, sit down, Norm and I, and speak to you guys. Um, the biggest one, I would say, being Vulcan. 
Um, Norm has a lot to say about it since he's been streaming with it a lot more. Um, I've done one complete flight with it and I have no complaints. It was great, but um, Norm has done a handful and has been finagling his way with like the FT sim sound packs and stuff. How has that been for you? You know, it's funny. It's like an adventure, right? So 99% of my flights since Vulcan dropped has been on Vulcan. I've only gone back to um, <clears throat> 11.4 once since Vulcan came out just to fly the fact back to A320. That's it. Mm. <laughs> Everything else has been in Vulcan and it has been good. Uh, it has been challenging because as you know, you know, um, things were broken. Some things don't work. So you have to switch to a backup, for instance, you know, my Swift client, for all you guys don't know, Swift client is the software used to connect to the VATSIM network. That doesn't work with Vulcan yet as of this recording. So I had to go back to Xpilot and I had to get Xpilot configured and I had to get my CSLs over. So that was one challenge, took a whole day with help from friends. Then I had to, some of the airplanes natively worked like the Zeebo, miraculously, right? <laughs> but some took a little bit of tweaking to work, you know, like the Tolis officially does not work in Vulcan, but I've found a way, as you mentioned, through the FT Sim sound pack to make that work. So that's a, a blessing and that's good. Hmm. Um, my frames, man, I mean, literally, I want to say doubled, you know? Mm -hmm. But one of my um, members on the channel said, hey, it's not about frames. It's about stuttering. And then when he said that, I thought about it for a second. goes, you know what? Yeah, I might have 75, 80 frames, you know, but I don't have stuttering. I'm in New York City, loaded up with the wacky scenery and an airplane. And usually when I'm in New York, no matter what I do, no matter how good my computer is, there's stutters. There's no yeah. more stutters in New York. So... You know, short term, I'm like rejoicing for long term. I see where X-Plane is going to go with Vulcan. So it's been great for me. Crashes, I've only experienced one crash so far off the sim. So for a beta, it's pretty solid in my opinion. Um, I still maintain two installs of X-Plane for you guys. You, do, you can please, when you're updating to a beta, keep your original file separate. Do a second install of X-Plane. X-Plane allows you to do that. So... I, I did that, didn't take up any much more space. Um, just a little tip for you guys. I have three hard drives in my computer, one with Xplain, one with custom scenery, and one with my uh, ortho tiles. And you can map the ortho and the custom scenery to as many different installs of Xplain as you want. So you don't have to have them duplicate or triplicate. So that's been a blessing. But I would yeah. say overall, um, Vulcan is good. I mean, have you tried it at all, So. Yeah, I did one flight in it uh, f two weeks ago. Um, I hopped into the uh, the 700 Ultimate, um, yeah. and I flew from Anchorage down to it's what it's it's KBWI, but I don't remember what the name of that airport is. It's it's directly north of Seattle and just south of Vancouver, so very close to the two. Right, um, Luke is. Um, one of our uh he, one of our staff members and um he he recommended that i did do that flight, so i decided to do it instead of doing the regular seattle hop um, right <laughs> and it was great um i haven't done a flight in super serious scenery um but i did do that same thing in new york actually my um my ultimate test to know if i have gotten my frames all set is if i go on to i believe it's 
three one left. It's the really long one that the Concord usually um, went out of, and it faces directly into the city. I don't mm-hmm. remember which one that is. Um, oh no, I think it's zero four. Um, I don't know, whatever it is. Uh, my ultimate test is I always plant the plane there and then I take off from that runway. And if I'm able to take off from the runway and I'm able to not have too many stutters or too many um, frame rate losses, then that means that I've gotten the correct rendering settings. Right and setting. I have, yeah, and I have something, I have pretty heavy mm-hmm. settings right now. I have um, anti-aliasing is pretty high and I cranked the, sc- the scenery objects all the way to high. And I can take off from there and I get the lowest 30 frames per second, um, at least in the Zebo. So that was really nice. But the flight that I did to um, BWI, that was also very impressive because the weather was really not great. And sometimes my simulator will freeze up a little bit when I'm closer to the clouds, but I just didn't have that this time. So I've the one flight that I did, it's very promising. Um but the only issue for me is that my favorite planes are the ones that are not supported yet. Um, <laughs> yeah. Such as the jar. I love that plane. Uh, no, not the jar. Sorry. The flight factor. I, I was really love say, that plane. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jar, flashback. Come on, man. Don't say that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Different leagues, but yeah, um, I understand. Yeah. I love, I love the flight factor and um, it's very hard to go back after that. Um, yeah. That's, the so. only thing. that's why I took the jar out the hangar and people are like, really? But hey, I give it a shot. You know, they're coming out um, with a new update soon, hopefully sooner or later, and we'll work that. But with Vulcan, you know, as you were saying earlier, I got the settings. I've cranked up my settings now to max in rendering, max in almost a couple of things. And it's like, whatever, you know. Yeah. Computer's like, yeah, I like it. So that's a good thing, man. I mean, it's a positive step. One of the biggest steps for Laminar, believe it or not, is Vulcan. Oh, yeah. So one can only imagine where they're going to go from here once this is all sorted out and pretty solid betas beta five now it's up to a beta six so <clears throat> i'm enjoying it i must say so I'll, I'll keep with it i'm going to sacrifice the flat factor for now until it's yeah. ready but I'm, I'm good to go with it yeah the, the biggest issues i had um was beta two i couldn't get beta two to work but after that it was totally fine with me and i wonder if this um this whole Vulcan coming to life and giving people more excitement about X-Plane since they're able to have it be more beautiful since they have more scenery. I wonder if that has anything to do with the record traffic that we've been seeing on um, FASM too, because I have not seen as many controllers as I saw last Friday night on the night network yes. ever. The entire US, including Alaska, which that like never happens, was totally lit up. And I was so in shock so my regular thursday routine is to plan for friday flying yeah friday streaming and i usually do the fno so i looked it up and there was technically no fno it was um called open mic night on vatson and basically Mm -hmm. they said that everybody staff everywhere as much as you can that was it and i remember flying and i showed it to the guys they're like hey listen the entire united states has covered it air traffic i don't think i've ever seen that ever I've never so, seen that. And that's record traffic. At the end of all of this, I think Vatim will or probably should come out with a, you know, a thing that shows what the peak traffic was because this is, imagine if it was like this all the time, you know? Yeah. Good times in life, in real life, but on the sim, we had traffic like this covering the entire US or even Europe. That would be awesome. Yeah, but that'd be it, sick. Mm, um, been crazy. For me, it was crazy for me to see... Um, 
they're online right now, which is funny, <laughs> but it was crazy <laughs> to see Houston Oceanic on because I that's another um, air traffic controller that I've never seen on before. Um, and also Oceanic. like, wow, what? Houston Oceanic, you said? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And um, there was like some places in Mexico that I've never seen online before either. Like Central America was on and I have never ever seen a controller in central america on um sometimes in brazil um and around there but usually never um and it was really you know it, kind of a sight for sore eyes it was super pretty to see all the planes in the air and it was really emotional as well to see like so many people willing and able willing to like participate in this and and just have fun together and i can tell um i um, I'm currently training to be a, a minor controller at the Oakland Artec right now. And I can tell that they're having a blast controlling as well with all the traffic that they're getting in right now. And it's really nice to see that. I know, man, if we could keep this going, even after all the craziness is over in real life, it would be nice. <laughs> it's a dream. But yeah, I, all my flights, I've had controllers for the most part, you know, people hopping on knowing that, there's a couple of airplanes coming into their sector. They just jump online and, and control it. You know, it, it's good, man. The, the community right now is at a high level. I don't know about you, but my feeling with just, you know, the entire community, the, all the add-ons coming out, the sceneries coming out, um, developers giving away free scenery for a couple of days, just the whole thing, you know, makes me smile at the community right now the way it is. So it's good. I hope we can do that. Yeah. Yeah, me too. And, um, you know, if... I, I know if I were listening to us talk that I would be really inspired to fly. <laughs> um, <laughs> but this is kind of like our call to you guys. Um, if you guys are really um, inspired to fly, just do it. Don't let it stop you. I know that it's a little bit hard sometimes when you have to think about all the flight planning that you have to do and all the filing that you have to do on, on um, VATSIM. But really, this is never going to happen again. And if we keep on flying together... Um, I, everybody's just going to like enjoy themselves so much more. I, I love all the traffic that's coming in and I love the um, enthusiasm that I've been getting from controllers and everybody, everybody's having a great time. So go out and fly, do yourself a favor and join us all in the skies um, while we have this, because we might not ever have that sim glowing up as much as it does. Um, well, having the night stop, the night sky glow concur. up as much I as it concur. is right now. Oh yeah, I concur on that. Definitely. Yeah. Um, now we're going to switch gears a little bit and we are going to um, talk to Dan from Sim Toolkit Pro. Dan is um, the only, well, the main programmer of um, Sim Toolkit Pro. And actually, yeah, the only, the only one um, with the exception of uh, Delaney, who we talked about a little bit, who worked on the most recent update, the visual overhaul. He was really, really great to talk to. Um, uh, we, the, the two of us kind of talked about Linux, um, which you guys might not know too much about, but we tried to explain what we were talking about as much as we could since we both have some programming backgrounds here and there. And we got really into the specifics of how Sim Toolkit Pro is developed uh, and talked a little bit about the future of Sim Toolkit Pro and what that's going to look like and what... Dan's vision is for the platform overall and what it has meant to him um, because um, almost directly quoting him, the platform has really blown up uh, in these past few months. Um, so we were really excited to have him and 
We're going to head off to that now. Hey, Dan, welcome to the show. It's great to have you. How are you doing? It's really late for you. It's pretty early for Norm and I, but how are you doing? Yeah, I'm very well. Thank you very much for having me. Uh, just rolling past 11 p.m. here. Ooh, we have a, a night owl, I see. I guess we share that. <laughs> yeah, it fits in perfectly with my uh, usual sleep cycle. I th- yeah. I think nobody in the sim world have, have a good sleep cycle anymore since we've all been flying and quarantining and flying and quarantining. So it's, it makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, last week I did a, uh, I did a dual trans con and that just, <laughs> that's just like proof that my sleep schedule is absolutely gone if I'm willing to do that. But um, anyway, we're really excited to have you on the show. Thank you for coming on. Um, but let's just hop right into it. So Dan, walk us through how you got to where you are today, what your background experience is and uh, how Sim Toolkit Pro came to be a reality. Cool. Um, I've basically been a, a plain nerd since a very young age, and I've spent the past 18 years doing uh, websites and software development. Uh, so this is kind of like just mashing the two together. Mm-hmm. Uh, it started out as a nice little pet project, something that I wanted to do to learn some new technologies and help myself get better at not leaving holes in runways. Right. Um <laughs> And it's very, very recently spiraled out of my control. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, it, uh, it's grown way beyond anything that I thought it would very, very recently. Um, but it started life as a, a, a just a landing practice tool. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, probably 12 months ago, it was literally just um, position your plane, land the plane, get a report about your landing. And mm. then more and more features have been added. And it's it's just become incredibly community-driven recently. So it's now driven by what people want to, to see in the application rather than my original vision for it, mm-hmm. which uh, seems to be working really well at the moment. No, I think it is. Um, let me just step and say that the community project you mentioned um, has been the reason why I heard about it. You know, it wasn't surfing the forums or anything. Someone said, hey, you have to Sim Toolkit Pro. I'm like, Sim Toolkit what? You're like, yeah, bro. <laughs> you know, because um, yeah, I'm yeah. sure you're going to get into it. But with the overlays just for streamers alone, it's worth it. I just realized what you just said, that it does have a landing practice tool somewhere in the program. And it's a massive program at this point. So it's interesting to know that that's yeah. actually where it started from. But I'm sure you're going to tell us that journey on it, though. Wow. Yeah, it was... Uh, I. I was sick of not doing very well at landing and I wanted to be able to quickly repeat them to, to just get better at it. Mm -hmm. Um, and uh, the, the products that were available for doing that were quite expensive. And I was like, "Eh, this is something that I could probably approach and try my hand at. Mm -hmm. Um, so I ended up with a a very rough, uh, I think it used to be called FS toolkit Mm -hmm. and then it became a little bit more universal. Uh, But yeah, it did start just as a, position your aircraft, get a landing report, and then it was uploaded for people to use. And it kind of just grew from there. Uh, More and more people wanted to use it. It was wanted, people wanted Mac versions, Linux versions. So at the beginning of last year, I kind of committed to fully redesigning it and redeveloping it in such a way that I could work cross-platform. Still working on the Mac and Linux versions. But uh, we're getting very close with them now. 
Uh, so yeah, we it, it's just sort of blossomed into this huge sprawling toolkit that covers just about every aspect of simming at the moment. Would you say it's uh, user-driven? Basically, all users of Xplainer are the ones who are putting most of the requests for it? Yeah, very much so. The, um, the issue that I have is I, as a, a simmer and a pilot, I'm, I'm very low-end, I'm very novice, um, but I've done 18 years of development. Mm-hmm. So I can achieve what people want out of the app. Um, I don't know what people's wants are. I don't always know the specifics of sp- types of information that they want to get out of the tool. So they'll tell me what they want, I'll figure out how to get that information and then it ends up in there. I don't know enough about flying planes to sort of drive that myself. So people come to me and say, oh, can you make it do this? Can Mm -hmm. you get this information? I think one of the the hardest ones was calculating um, ISA deviation at an airport. And I ended up having to look up how all that works, but now it will do that. but yeah, most of the features are driven by people's requests and, and what they want the app to do, what information they want from the app. That's great. You're doing, in a lot of ways, you're doing the community like a great service by doing that because it's kind of just like you're the one, you're the person who just listens to everybody and just delivers it, um, which is very much what Sim Toolkit Pro has seemed to come out to be. Yeah, I'm spending way too much time on the uh, the Discord for it. Moment, <laughs> I think. I've had to had to distance myself from the suggestions that come in for a, and only check every once a week or so at the moment. Mm-hmm. I, mean, I must say, at this point, it is a massive um, program. I mean, I'm, I'm sure if I want to use the word massive, but it's a powerful program with so many different things that um, I'm new to it. I actually haven't debuted on my my flying and streaming yet. But I've only been using a fraction of what this thing is capable of. I mean, didn't take you too long to get yeah. to that point, did it? Um, no, it's the uh, the platform that I use, um, Electron, has kind of enabled me to rapidly develop things. Uh, a lot of people are quite shocked at how quickly I can turn out updates or uh, add features that are requested, and it, it's just the power of the the base platform that I'm using and the fact that I've been doing this for so long um, it just makes it a bit easier to to rapidly develop and iterate on things so I think the biggest feature by far was the SimBrief integration uh, for dispatching flights Yes, that was very complicated to get working, I learned an awful lot about flight planning <laughs> um, but yeah that's, that's was probably the biggest part of the app so far so can you walk us through how you got that to work? Because, I, I mean, I look at Sim Toolkit Pro and I see so many things, which must have taken a lot of time to figure out, I'm sure. Um, but also, when you know, I just quickly pr- uh, pulled up what Electron is and, you know, I open source stuff is always really nice. So I'm sure that it was really easy to do with that. But how did you go about that process with... Um, SimBrief and getting that down. Um, the one thing that SimTalk does is it consumes an awful lot of uh, third-party API data. So mm-hmm. um, SimBrief has an API that allows, I think it's primarily used by virtual airlines for 
flight planning purposes and sim toolkit uses their api to the fullest um, you can customize every aspect of your flight as if you were on the sim brief site and trying to allow more than just a basic uh, flight planning through sim brief was kind of key I wanted to make sure that the that you didn't have to go to the sim brief site to alter your plan or adjust it right. or anything um so I'm fairly sure there's that every every part of their API is being used in some way for advanced planning. So you can go from just putting in a departure airport and arrival airport as a bare minimum, mm -hmm. right through to customizing your passenger weight, uh, cargo load, specific route you want to fly. Do you want it to generate certain stars for you? Um, and then it sends all that off to their API. It then pulls back the result and displays it for you so you can edit it, tweak it slightly, pick different procedures based on the, the weather or whatever, and then you can start your flight and record it all. Wow, now that's that, crazy. That is key because um, 100% of my flights, I use SimBrief to plan it. And having that yep. at your fingertip along with other tools integrated in there makes a huge difference for a person like me who don't have a lot of time to prep but everything is in one place and that's what i like i mean how do you manage to how do you manage to keep it still user friendly and simple with so much different abilities that it has um i didn't for the first part um mm -hmm. that's the problem with being a developer for so long i didn't ever do front end work it was mainly server development so I, everything kind of ended up designed for a developer and it was like I know why it's here, so people should know why it's there, yeah. <laughs> and that that doesn't work. Uh, so it's this is where the community coming back to me and saying, "Yeah, this doesn't make sense," or try and organize this a bit differently. And the feedback that I've got has basically allowed me to create a much better UI. And obviously, this this weekend we've got a full new uh, UI coming out, which was actually developed by um, Delaney for me he kind of prototyped it and then i worked for a couple of nights to get that out to everyone awesome that's uh, great and uh, that seems to be being received really well yeah. at the moment yeah so talk to us a little bit about the new ui what were some of your goals going into it um besides the obvious which we just spoke about which is just making it more user-friendly what did you want to bring to it um, feature creep was killing the uh, UI, uh, adding constantly new features, new additions to it was making a very cluttered experience and it, it was in desperate need of being tidied up and kind of reined in a bit. Mm -hmm. um, so that was kind of the focus with the redesign. There's still a few bits that I need to iterate on, uh, but for the most part, everything's kind of been slimmed down. Uh, everything's been reorganized and put where it makes more sense now, uh, as well as putting in a bit more uh, guidance for the user, because a lot of the support queries have been stuff that I kind of go, well, that seems really obvious to me, but it's not obvious if you don't know where to look for it. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's kind of been guiding the user's hand a bit better into to where things are so they can use it a bit more effectively. That's great. Um, go ahead, Norm. No, I'm looking at the the feature list here, just on the um the Toolkit Pro 
um, forum here on um, explain.org. And you have what, like 21 or 23 key features in here? Uh, one of yeah, that could well be out of date as well. <laughs> could be, right? You know, one of which is you know, what about the integration with Navigraph? You know, and you have a Navigraph pullout tab or something like that. You know, how did that come into play? And do that? Do does Navigraph help you with that, or give you APIs to work with, or how does that play? Uh, yeah, back in October, I reached out to them because I was relying on people copying Xplains data, uh, now like uh, nav data into a specific folder for sim toolkit to work mm -hmm. and that wasn't ever going to work in kind of an environment where i wanted to make it as easy as possible for people so i i reached out to them um they were great in working with me to help me using their data source providing documentation for it and that was kind of one of the bigger steps as well after getting the dispatcher in um porting over to use a kind of sim toolkit specific nav data mm -hmm. was quite a big step. Uh, the charts pullout is kind of just that. It's just a, a, a mini web browser that allows you to view their charts app online. Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. No, I mean, um, have you found that with all the different APIs you're using from different uh, places uh, within the uh, simming um, environment or just within explain itself or p3d are are you getting help from these people when you request it? are you getting good feedback or they're like nah or you have to push hard to get the help you know how's the community um, to help you a lot of people have been very very forthcoming with help for it that's great um, the the two main ones are obviously being sim brief and navigraph and they've both been great getting in contact with both of them have been very helpful to make everything work as as well as it does now um a lot of the other apis kind of just work uh, but there is obviously a reliance because i'm relying on a third party and i have to make sure that uh, there is plans in place if that data goes away for whatever reason because uh, there was some issues with the the weather system that i was using at the beginning of the year so i had to kind of rewrite all of that so i ended up removing a third party and going direct to the source for it now so so I have a question taking us back a little bit to the beginning. So I'm, yeah. I'm already like floored by all this information. Um, and I'll tell you like personally, the thing that surprised me the most about some toolkit pro when I first installed it a few weeks ago was all these things that you have integrated in one place. Cause it, it truly does take its name like seriously, which is yeah. like, it, it's a, simulation toolkit and it's like very professionally done <laughs> um yeah. <laughs> so okay. yeah what floored me about um what you were just saying here is that you're just kind of like casually saying like oh i just like threw this thing in and then like meanwhile i'm just like wow so i have done some development myself um i've tinkered in um ios development and i've most recently did linux development a little bit um I have not touched Windows because I, the terminal scares me. Uh, <laughs> it's just, it's so different from what else, from everything that I'm used to. So I just have not gone there. Um, but I was wondering if you could tell us a little bit about how you got to being able to make Sim Toolkit Pro and like what your experience is, experience is there. Um, yeah. So I, back in school, 16, 17, um, <clears throat> there wasn't any uh, work experience in my area in the aviation industry, so I ended up doing a, 
a work experience with a local college in IT. No, mm-hmm. I'd always been fiddling with computers, so I ended up doing like working in their IT department for a few weeks, learning how to do websites, and that kind of just stuck as a hobby until I left school and pursued that professionally, and that was kind of the the theme of it for the next eight, nine, ten years. Um, ending probably three or four years ago when I was a developer at a fairly sizable game studio in the UK. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's kind of given me the experience that I need to to put into Sim Toolkit to develop it as quickly as I do and to give it the, the platform that it has at the moment. Um, so it has the, the scale of the projects that I've worked on has kind of prepared me for for this project. Uh, especially with the amount that I'm having to deal with at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> traffic traffic and load wise. Yeah, I we we've been talking about that um well I've been talking about that off and on with my flight simulation friends how everything is really really busy right now. Like Norm is a streamer. Uh he streams on YouTube uh every Mondays, Wednesdays and Fridays and sometimes on the weekend. And uh he usually does the FNO and I like to fly with Norm. Um, I consider it our little bonding experience (laughs) (laughs) where um, (laughs) since we're both pretty busy people and uh, besides us sitting down to talk with developers, we don't communicate that much. We've been talking a little bit more lately uh, as I've worked to help him out on this discord server, but you know, overall we're both pretty busy people. So I consider that like our bonding time. Um, and yeah. we flew to Denver a few weeks ago and it was so busy that I was stuck on the ground for two hours and uh, Norm made the right decision and decided to disconnect and then go from there. But I understand that worry, um, well, not that worry, but that need to address things with how busy everything is getting right now. Because, I mean, if you just look at the numbers right now, there's... Uh, so many people online um i think fat sim has like almost a thousand people online right now and like that's a thursday night it's it's not usually like that um now let me ask are you doing this primarily by yourself or do you have uh, i know you spoke about delaney earlier um or do you have other people who help you here and there um like more permanent people um it's it's literally just me for the most part um, there will be, there's obviously the, a really good group of people in the, the Discord um, that are helping with feedback and testing, but for the purposes of development and running everything, it is just me. And there aren't enough hours in the day. <laughs> I mean, that was going to be my question. Do you still get a chance to kick back, fire up the simulator and just fly for fun? Do you ever do that now or no? Um, I do occasionally stream, um, and it does end up uh, being the time that I do get to relax. I don't get to fly anywhere near as much as I used to, but I don't mind because I thoroughly enjoy working on this project. Um, it's kind of been a, a driving force of keeping me out of, the, out of trouble for the past 18 months. So <laughs> That's good. Uh, that is good. Yeah. Well, can I ask you a specific question about uh, one one particular feature I see here? As I said, I haven't delved into it yet. Um, camera director, automate expert level cameras. What is that exactly? If you could give me an explanation of it, because that might be something that might be used based on the title of it. 
what is it exactly? Yeah, it's um, you basically you can obviously assign in explain the cameras to the num keys. Mm-hmm. Um, when you assign those, you can actually with the camera director press the little magnifying uh, button, mm-hmm. and it will show you that camera. If that camera is enabled and you enable the director, it will cycle through your assigned cameras uh, randomly every 20, 30 seconds, however often you specify it. It was a nice little feature for when streaming and in cruise, you could kind of focus on chat, have a talk with people who were, who were speaking to you and not have them staring at one particular view for the, the cruise. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm clapping right now, literally, like, because i've been looking for this for so long as you just said when you're talking you know you keep spamming the different camera view buttons but if it could be automated which now it is just press the button let it go and it will do it yeah i need to implement something that plays an alarm near your top of descent so you don't fly past (laughs) it like i regularly do honestly that would be the billion dollar idea (laughs) (laughs) it does because I cannot tell you how many. Okay, so I love long haul flights. I, they're just so great because um, it also pressures me more to do a better landing because it's like, well, I've flown six hours. I better not screw it up now. Uh, and it seems to be working pretty well in practice. But I cannot tell you how many times I have flown a long haul, then gotten busy in something else, and then go back up to my computer to do something with like threshold or whatever. And then I'm like, Oh, okay, that's a uh, three hundred plus miles past where I was supposed to go, and I'm about to yeah. run out of fuel. That sounds like a yeah, yeah. That sounds like the billion dollar idea. Pass over like, Heathrow at thirty thousand feet. That's good. Yeah, yeah. No, that's yeah. I mean, I mean, uh, I I will be sorry, sorry, soul. I will be del- oh, delving into this and using it more. Um, you know, just because of these built-in features in one app, so to speak. You know, I like that. I mean, I got to ask you, though, uh, for you, uh, is it still a labor of love to make this and to develop this and work on this? And, you know, uh... um, absolutely. Yeah. The, the just the feedback alone, uh, people coming in and saying, oh, this is this has saved me opening six different applications. I can have YouTube in a tab so I can be watching stuff in in cruise. And yeah, it's it, the feedback alone makes it worthwhile. And I, I still thoroughly enjoy it. It's very rewarding to work on. And just, um, like, I'm learning all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm learning so much about the aviation side of it and the development side of it. I'm not an expert in the technology I'm using, so that's I'm picking up more and more each day. No. So it's it's very, very rewarding project to work on. So have kind of going back to our little uh little funny anecdote about the uh, top of descent stuff and the little alarm. Uh, The first thing that came into my mind with that is like, Oh, a little app that gave you a recommend, like a a notification. If you were there is, is that something that you're ever going to consider doing? I, you obviously have a lot on your hands right now because you're working to do cross platform design. And as we touched on earlier, that's no easy feat. Um, but have you thought about going into that area and perhaps bringing Sim Toolkit Pro to the mobile scene, or is that something just not on your radar right now? I'm too busy; I cannot be doing that. Um, there is plans to go into the the app side of things. Um, the first stage of that is going to be a web side to the app, so you can access it with a mobile browser. Mm-hmm. Just because, obviously, app development is quite time consuming. Oh yeah. Um, 
So basically, it's going to start with a simple app that allow you to view your RFP, uh, look at a live map of your flight, get weather information, that kind of thing. Oh, that's and then I'll see whatever everybody else wants to see in that app as well. So it allow you to control some some aspects of the application over an app. Uh, then I'll probably look at making a, a native version for uh, the different devices in time. Wow, that's I'm glad to hear that you're thinking about that. Yeah. <laughs> but it's yeah, that's uh, I mean I you're right that mobile um, app development is no small feat because I when I was doing iOS stuff like you have to design the app for every single different phone that Apple has and that is such yeah. a hassle so I mean good luck with that um and I'll, <laughs> I'll definitely I'm gonna need it yeah I'll definitely be looking forward to it but it's also cool to see that you're going into that area of learning once again because I feel like sometimes I just see people who are afraid to learn and afraid to try new things and you're just like yeah i'll dabble in that even though i have no idea what i'm doing and that's like something really refreshing to see you know yeah i've done some basic android development um as for the apple side of things i only i've probably got less than 24 hours total in um mac os mm -hmm. and, wow. and probably ios um but i have managed to get sim toolkit to run on a mac so that's that's a that's start. I suppose. A I suppose it's it's more of a testament to how good um, Electron is cross-platform more than anything. I suppose. Yeah, I mean, I can imagine that the conversion to Mac and Linux is actually a little bit easier though, because they both share uh, their Unix base. Um, that's yeah. that's like that's where it became easier for me to move into backend Mac stuff. For people who don't know, Linux is basically uh, it's like a flavor of Unix. Linux is, um, you, if, if you think about uh, Mac updates, how you have Catalina and you have High Sierra and all of that as different operating systems, um, different versions of the operating system. Um, but then you separate them and you pretend that High Sierra is like one version, one entirely different version of the iOS like operating system. And that um, what was the other one? Catalina is like a, another one. Then that's kind of what flavors are. They're like um it's like a different version of linux like a popular one is ubuntu yeah so i can i would imagine that that part would be easier um but with electron it seems like you don't really have to worry about that which is definitely a nice thing i can imagine how does oh yeah de definitely how does like electron work do you just put code in for one or and then it like develops them uh, it, like it translates the code into the languages needed for other operating systems, or do you? Is there just a little bit of learning involved in there? Um, there's a, to an extent there is. What Electron basically boils down to is a, <clears throat> a an instance of the Chrome browser that's very boiled down. Um, so essentially, what you're writing is a website that runs in a specific version of Chrome which takes away the element of having to design a website to run an Internet Explorer, which is <laughs> just horrendous as mm -hmm. it is. Um, but uh, it kind of takes away the... When you're working with the file system side of things, it abstracts all that. So you don't ask for where the, the Mac user stores their documents. You just ask for the documents folder, and it will provide that information mm -hmm. to you. So it kind of makes... The cross-platform side is very, it's very um, ambiguously done. 
so you don't have to design specifically for an OS. There are obviously edge cases where you want to provide specific functionality for a Mac or on Linux or on Windows. Uh, but for the most part, everything, if it works on Windows, it should just work on the Mac and Linux. What about, um, talk about cross-platform, what about cross-SIM? You do it for um, P3D and X-Plane. How, how hard or yep. easy is that for you? Uh, it wasn't too bad. X-Plane was the easiest one to get it working with uh, just because of, well, you've got the, you've got one SIM to work mm. with. Um, I designed it for P3D V4, uh, but with it, you reliance on FSUI PC, it should work right back to, I think it works right back to FSX as well. Okay. And maybe into the future, because there are plans to convert how it connects to P3D to use the native uh, SIM Connect ah. SDK soon. Uh, so that's currently being rewritten um, <clears throat> just to make things a, a bit easier on that front and provide some future compatibility as well. Hmm. So I'm assuming that also it has to do with FS2020 as well. You're going to look into doing that. Or are you not allowed to say? <laughs> uh, I absolutely am. Um, I just I just wish they'd let me in to test it. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the club, man. I haven't even seen it. Yeah. You know, I'm still waiting. Um, yeah, it's, it would be nice to, to get my hands on it. But from what I've, I've heard and read, um, it kind of should just work as long as I can get SimConnect to work with uh, the current um, ESP-based sims that are out. It, it should just work nicely with with the new simulator hopefully 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 awesome we'll hope there yeah. won't be an xbox version of <laughs> Pro, though. taking it too far before anyone gets excited yeah you know taking it too far in that one yeah i hear you now um <clears throat> i'm gonna delve into it here um let me ask you just this is a straight freeware product is it yes wow yeah so basically 100%. you know just from the generosity of the community you you do accept donations correct um, yeah, but it like people spreading the word is more than enough for like for me. I got you. I'm, I got you. It's it's been designed in such a way that it is like everything's stored locally. I have very very limited um, expenses when it comes to the actual platform behind this. Awesome. Uh, because of how it's been developed, because oh. of that, it can be free and remain free that way. That's good. Oh, so you have like your own server that you run it off of. Um, yeah, I think it's currently running on two servers, uh, one of them that handles the releases and one that handles the APIs and things like that. Oh, that's awesome. <laughs> I yeah. That's eventually my goal for my house is to uh, have a, a server so that I don't have to worry about space and so that I'm able to work like that. So that's awesome. That that because that's what my my question was going to be running off of norms is like if you're not accepting donations like some of the stuff i know is not like completely like free data in order to keep so that you know totally answers my question yeah the the monthly running costs are kept absolutely minimal um it's just making decent choices with like who's providing the servers and if this provider offers something that's more appropriate than switching to them it's been able to not be sort of pigeonholed with a provider for a particular part or the service that they offer um so i'm like choosing at the moment we're looking at well, i'm working with uh, amazon for uh, the new installer platform 
mm-hmm. and the current servers and the current systems are on uh, DigitalOcean. So, yeah, I mean, I have to say, just listen to you talk and you know talk about payware, freeware, donationware, whatever. Just the, the overall um, kindness and friendliness of the, the whole sim community has me blown away. That people like yourself can come out with a product, get support, get help, get feedback, and just have this one nice ecosystem for us. I'm not saying there's not problems, there's not um, picky customers or people who want specific needs met that are impossible, but I like the fact that what you're bringing to the table to the overall sim community, I mean, it's it's respected by me and appreciated. And now I'm sure you've heard it before, but I got to say it to you, definitely. It is. This that a, a a tool like this makes you want to fly every day. It brings you back for more. Yeah, it's the feedback I've been getting and the the people that send me messages and things like that is incredibly humbling that people are using it and are getting as much enjoyment out of it as they do. It's it's something that I never expected it to to get to this. I think in the first month, um, I put it upon the org forums. It probably had 20 or 30 downloads. Mm-hmm. And the current version that's been out for four days has just had over four and a half thousand downloads. Oh, whoa. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. Jeez. Um, I started tracking stats back in um, March because up to sort of February this year, there was kind of like 20, 30 flights on at a time. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't tracking anything. There was no sort of analytics running on it beyond basic uh, version tracking and that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and like sort of the numbers at the moment, 34,000 dispatched flights since I think it was March the 1st. Jeez. And uh, 31,000 unique users of the application in that time as well. Wow, that's a big number. <laughs> that is a huge yeah. number. Uh, 3,000 users active in the last 24 hours. And uh, 1,200 flights using SimToolkit Pro have been completed in the past 24 hours as well. 1,200 so flights in 24 hours. How exactly did this explosion of users happen? I'm, I'm not entirely sure. Um, I think back in November time, I know that uh, QA Pilot did like an intro video. He was one of the first people that drew any sort of attention to it. That caused like my web traffic went through the roof <laughs> that week. And that kind of was probably the, the main catalyst for it. Uh, from there, more and more people have picked it up and interacting on the Discord, people telling the other people. And then in January time, a couple of larger streamers started picking it up and using it. Like seeing big streamer names on the live map was very surreal for the first time. Yeah. Oh, wow. Are these people are using it. <laughs> wow. Chewy. Um, what? <laughs> yeah. Yep. And then it's kind of just grown from there. So we've like, we've got uh, John Fly uses it. Chewy uses it. Loads of the larger streamers are starting to pick it up and use it for pretty much every flight that they do. And that caused probably the biggest explosion, which has been over the past couple of months. And it's gone from something that, a few people knew about and like kind of told it told the friends to use it and look into it to something that's now used as much as it is yeah i mean at the end of the day that's kind of part of the secret is that if you get the streamers on your side then you, <laughs> then you're kind yeah, of yeah they are great for business yeah yep definitely. yeah 
I mean, if anybody paying attention has noticed that XP was the second guest on In Flight, then <laughs> maybe you'll see where I'm coming from. Yep, it's true. <laughs> yeah. That. yeah, I mean, it's it's also crazy to hear you say that and think about how the community goes about deciding what they would like to use. Um, Cause it's just like, all it takes is like a really a good word. And then you have all these people who are behind you who are really trying to help you out and make the best product that you, you can. And like, that's, it shows like it's, I personally looking at it now can't imagine what you, your version of it, looked like when it was just like for developers and not for actual users who need a, a solid GUI um, yeah. in order to make it run uh, because it's just like so intuitive at this point. It's It makes sense where to click to, for, to go to places and knowing a lot of that came from the community just like is quite humbling I must say to see that we're like capable of that and we're capable of like helping somebody to make something amazing you know just like oh, the yeah. fact that Delaney just like helped you out with this um and uh, Delaney's a great guy um a friend of mine um well he's more friends <laughs> he's closer <laughs> friends with with people I work with but I've talked to him like a few times um and uh, just like the fact that he just like hopped in and helped you out is just like so amazing and it's like just great to see everybody coming together and it's yeah he was one of the first people i actually spoke to when i started streaming doing uh, flight sim stuff and he kind of happened by my stream got talking and became very good friends met him at cosford two years ago and then met him again for the the most recent one as well i speak to him very regularly were you going to go to uh flight sim expo yeah that's what it's called i would have loved to but uh, it's a little bit out of my reach as that at the moment <laughs> yeah i we were looking forward to going to that um it's it's a shame that it and that it didn't end <laughs> it's a shame that, yeah. it, that it was canceled um but you know at the end of the day it's like the right thing to do of right. course um absolutely yeah. and i i mean continuing on with that whole thing uh that i was mentioning with the flight simulation community kind of helping other people out it's great to see that they're trying to let the community decide what comes next of it um i mean norman i talked about that a few episodes ago how uh that was like a really great thing to see that they were willing to take feedback on that um yeah you know um so i, I mentioned that we had somebody else um earlier today um before we started recording um and uh, that was Roy, um, who is the creator of XP Realistic. And he and I and Norm as well talked about um, how it, it feels like the community is in a great place when, when it comes to like supporting each other and also seeing whatever products come next. I mean, you don't have to like say if you disagree with that or agree with it or not, but I just like, I think that you're also a great example of that yourself because you started off making this thing and then everybody has helped you out. And then it's led to this really great product that so many people enjoy. And this sim toolkit pro as a whole just makes flight simming better for everybody. And we're just in that wave of like great products coming out to make flight simulation the best it can be. And for that, like, I thank you. It's great. Yeah, it's been, it's, it's 
I think that the biggest thing that I had to deal with was kind of just, just going, you don't know everything there is to know about this, so you need to just take people's feedback and run with that. Yeah. So kind of just going, this isn't what you do. You need to get other people to help you here. And then rolling with that and applying what I do know to what they want to see. Um, but there's because there was never any commercialization planned with the project, it's there's not that drive there. There's not trying to shoehorn things in to make it sell better. It's just got to perform better. It has to have higher quality data. It has to it has to run better on people's PCs if that means like reducing some of the features to make sure that everybody has the same experience, then that's so be it. That's what it has to happen. Um so it's the the kind of the with the goals being different and the goal being to create something that's accessible of high quality with the data that you get from it. Um it kind of realigns how you develop something like that, especially when you're using a community to help you and guide you along the way. How do you manage the fact that some people need some features to not be there and some people want other features, um, but one feature might compromise like the performance? How do you figure out for yourself what you want to do in order to make the experience the best for everybody? Um, it kind of would boil down to a, a greater good with it. If, if more people are going to benefit from it then it would be a detriment to then it kind of will go in but there'll be concessions made to try and lessen any impact that it has um everything is designed to be modular with sim toolkit so um the newest version that you've got it's been removed but it's going to come back you can actually disable entire parts of the application if you don't use it so if you don't use the planning part you can disable it if you don't use the streaming tools they can just be disabled so disabling them means they're not running. Uh, they're not using up any resources as well. Awesome. Uh, does it matter if we get um, Sim Toolkit Pro from the org forum or from your website, uh, simtoolkitpro.co.uk? Does it matter? Uh, no, it doesn't matter at all. They all will update and auto update from the same central point. Gotcha. 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 Yeah. So there is a website for it, guys, if you guys are listening. Sim, simtoolkitpro.co.uk is a direct website or you can find it on the um <clears throat> the uh explain.org forums and, and you'll get tons of help there this is what i like also you know questions answered uh, you can ask any question about a product and somebody will step up and tell you what to do or what not to do on it and i'm sure i'll have a lot of questions about stuff too when i get get really into it um and transition myself over to using it now since i realize how powerful it is just by talking to you on it but yeah it's great stuff man Absolutely great stuff. Yeah, and um, for reference, uh, the, the reason Dan mentioned um, the the new version is that uh, Norm and I uh, checked out the new version that's coming out this weekend. Um, so we've been able to take a quick peek at it. Um, it looks great, and you guys, um, it'll most likely be released by the time that we are actually airing this episode. Um, but I hope that you guys are enjoying it because it's very a very clean design. And Delaney, you've done a great job. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Yeah, he's done a spectacular job with it. Now, besides the expansion to Mac and Linux um, users, what do you what do you have in plans for the future? Um, because I 
it's it's doing is so much right now. Um, and there's of course a few things that I can think of to add, but I also feel like you may have that balance in your head. Like you don't want to add too much to the point that it's cluttered. Um, so what are your plans for the the future of Sim Toolkit Pro? Yeah, the I think at the moment I'm kind of reeling everything in and kind of reassessing the project because there are plans for expansions. The The next major update, 0.6, is going to add um, an online account system, which is entirely optional. So you can run Sim Toolkit as you do now, or you can create an account and it will create a surface backup of your logs. So if you uh, lose a hard drive or something, you can recover every part of your log that you need. It doesn't keep everything just because of, obviously, the data size. If I can... If I'm storing everybody's flight data, then the storage costs ramp up. But just keeping uh, a basic flight log for recovery is something that's absolutely doable. Um, so that's kind of planned next. Um, but feature-wise, it is kind of like I don't want to be having to redesign it every six to eight months to accommodate new features. So I'm kind of reassessing how it's all going to fit in with this this new look at the moment. But there's plenty planned, and I've got a ton of suggestions to work through on on the Discord that people keep pouring in um, for changes and things that they'd like to see. Uh, but I do have kind of a rough guide of where it's it's going through this year. That's great to hear that you're already planning um, through through this year. Uh, Lord knows I do not <laughs> plan some, some things as far in advance. I mean. Um, Sometimes, sometimes podcast uh, agreements for times happen like a day before, and I'm like, "Oh, I guess I got to do that." <laughs> um, yeah, you can't plan anything. Yeah, but um, we're both, I'm sure, really looking forward to seeing what you do um, in this next year and what um, 0.6 looks like, because um, it's already amazing. Um, you deserve all the credit that you've gotten from the community and all of the great feedback that you've gotten um as well because uh, it's it's really great and it's i i just love how everything is in one place because sometimes it's just a hassle to start everything up and having to only start one thing is really great and um i really wish you luck in the next year and if there's Nothing. anything i can do to help you at all like any any feedback you need because <laughs> uh, yeah. you don't have enough of Always that already. Take <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> <laughs> then um Please, I keep please my to do list on a on a roll now. Yeah, yeah, it's easier. Right. Yeah, I'll make it my goal in this next year to have you have so many things to do on your to do list that you don't know what to do with yourself. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, thank you so much for talking with us about this, and I'm really looking forward to see what it becomes, and maybe in the future we can start to we can revisit this and we can talk about it more and what that experience has been like uh, continuing on. Yeah, thank you very much for having me on. Thank you so much, man, for being a part of the Flight Sim community and contributing in such a positive manner. Definitely. Appreciate it. Thank you. Good deal. Thank you.